0: the exhilarating world of giant cocktails happy hour i'm matthew henry your spirited host and alongside me stands the irrepressible ben henry the wizard of mixology prepared to embark on a thrilling journey where laughter tantalizing recipes and the harmonious camaraderie between two cocktail enthusiasts take center stage Join us as we uncork the secrets of mixology, sharing our passion for extraordinary libations. Here's to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, where the drinks reach towering heights, the laughter knows no bounds, and the spirit of brotherhood gets a deliciously intoxicating twist. Cheers to an unforgettable experience. How you doing,
1: Ben? Wow, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Matthew. Um... Because I am now on the other side of the time travel uh, rift. I I am yes. now officially no longer in Iceland. And I can no longer make mistakes about where I am in Iceland. Because I realized last Thursday that I was already home. <laughs> Yes, you were telling people you were in Iceland and you had been uh, home for a day. You know, it was hard for me to figure it out all ahead when we did all that stuff. But, but also, Matthew, I'm pretty psyched because you know what? I'm irrepressible, and yeah, and and a wizard. I'm a wizard. I'm a which wizard, which is, I think, why you went to Iceland, right, to get your wizard that's, certificate. That's right. I went to I went to the um, I went to the second rate wizarding school that's in Iceland <laughs> as opposed to Hogwarts yes. in England. Yes, yes I'm yes. a wizard, Ari. <laughs> I mean, Matthew, uh, and uh, yeah, it was only a two-week course, so I got my wizarding certificate. So that's right. pretty cool. That is pretty and, cool, and uh, yeah, you know, and also it's nice to be back. You know, it's a little hot here. It's a little warm. It's a little warm. Um, both, like in general, because it's like as we speak, it's like a hundred thousand degrees outside. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, but but also it's a little warm because. Because it never got really much warmer than 68 degrees when I was in Iceland. That was the hottest day that we were there. It was, it was very nice. We were walking around uh, downtown Akureyri, and it was all like, you know, short sleeves. Didn't have, didn't have to wear any of my other layers. And I had ice cream at this cute little pink ice cream store. And uh yeah. So, you know, but but anyway, it's good to be back. It's good to be home. It's it's uh yeah. And and I've got I've got a beautiful cocktail to present that is uh, Icelandic uh in nature. So, I'm 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 doing pretty good.
0: All right. All right. Well, welcome back. In fact, uh my question for you today Ooh. uh has to do with you returning from mm. vacation. Mm-hmm. What is the hardest part,
1: in your opinion, of coming back from vacation? Mm. Wow. I think the hardest part about coming back from vacation is, well, there's a lot of hard things, and I'm just going to throw a couple hard things out there. It's getting used to the time change, like if you went really far. Either way, mm. that's that's a little rough. Although I think coming back from the east to the west is better. And going the opposite direction. The second thing that's hard is well in this particular case the temperature um, and I think the the third thing that that that's hard well the, the, the hardest thing for me usually is getting back to just life you know like having right. to go back to work and you know school and you know dealing with all yeah. just the normal like I gotta put the garbage cans out and exactly and you know, it's just it's just like oh it's over. You know, it's like, and you're just in this malaise of like this post vacation malaise. I, I think that's the worst part of it. but I, I don't know that I've announced this on the show, Matthew, but I can announce it now. I don't have a job to go back to right now, like bragger as like, yes, i i I left my I left my job a while ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> but you know, for reasons, uh, didn't say anything publicly. And uh, uh, not for any reasons that I cared about, but for reasons that that my impl- former employer cared about. We we didn't say anything for a while, and uh, and so so I don't have anything to go back to, right? So so really, the most annoying thing right now, Matthew, is that I still got like one bag that isn't unpacked, and it's just kind of sitting there staring at me. <laughs> and I okay, well that's, yeah. that
0: that's a good that's a good point. I. I I think people who unpack all their bags as soon as they get homes are a little psychopathic. Actually, I think uh, you know who does that. You know, I, I, man, I've been home for two weeks
1: from my last trip, and I still got a bag that's sitting there. That yeah, minimalist. Probably dig into. That's who does that, minimalist. Yeah, you know, yeah, minimalist. Because because they, they just traveled with one little bag, like a fanny pack.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't want to speak disparagingly to someone who's got their act together, you know? So, you know, good for you for <laughs> unpacking as soon as you get home. But, you know, us, us, us slackers and, uh, you know, we have a harder time, you know, getting our life together after we've been away on a vacation, for sure.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And we're both slackers.
0: Totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. Owning up to it. Mm-hmm. Owning up to it. All right. Well, you know what time it is. Is it that time? It is that it's time. It's time. It's time for...
1: Tip Tip of the the day. day! Tip of the day. Tip of the day.
0: And today's tip, and I'll be honest we may have covered this one already because frankly it's getting harder and harder to uh, to, to come up with tips that we haven't already done mm-hmm. and we don't have a catalog of tips on our show notes like we do on our cocktails. Yeah. Uh, so I can easily check and see if we've done a cocktail before. I cannot easily check to see if we've done a tip of the day. But nonetheless, even if this is a repeat, it's a good one and a timely one in my case because of my cocktail that I'm going to share today. And so I thought we would talk about syrups Mm, and syrups are an integral part of cocktail making and And they often provide and pancakes yes yes and equally important i think um actually arguably more important on the pancakes yeah sorry sorry sorry
1: to throw that curveball in there i i didn't mean to do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't mean to. Do that. It is true; they're more important for pancakes. But back to cocktails.
0: Yeah, back to cocktails. Okay. See, I digress. Um, anyway, uh, there are a lot of different types of syrups out there. You know, starting with simple syrup, which you know, as, as you probably know, is just equal parts sugar and water, or you know, white granulated sugar and water. You heat it up a little bit and uh, stir it until it becomes clear. And now you've got a simple syrup that easily is integrated into a cocktail. Uh, Then you have a rich simple syrup, which is basically twice as much sugar as water. uh, And that provides a more viscous as well as a sweeter, more concentrated syrup uh, so that you don't have to put as much in if you are, you know, worried about volume or things like that in your cocktail. Then there are other types of sugars. There's Demerara sugar, which makes an excellent syrup, especially... When you are combining something like that with an old fashioned, for example, or one of the brown spirits, I think, you know, demerara, turbinado uh, syrup, brown sugar syrup, all of those very similar, uh, but just have a little slightly different flavor profile because they're different sugars. Then you can get into like infusing things into your syrups like uh, cinnamon or Basil or thyme or, you know, there's lots of things that you can do to kind of give your syrup a unique uh, flavor profile. Uh, And then finally, one that uh, I'm doing today is uh, fruit syrups and especially something like strawberries. Strawberries are in season now. It's the summer. And uh, I today actually for my cocktail involves uh, making a strawberry syrup. And it is the easiest thing to do because you just take a pound of strawberries and you chop them up and you throw them in a, a you know, a, 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 what do you call it? A Tupperware container or something like that with a sealable lid and you throw in a cup of white sugar. And you shake it around a little bit and get the strawberries nice and coated with the sugar. And then you just pop it in your fridge and you let it go for like 24 to 48 hours. And you're left with this amazing strawberry sweet syrup uh, that you can now use in your cocktails or your pancakes. Uh, Because actually the fruit now can also, you can just sprinkle the fruit on top of pancakes if you want, the chopped up strawberries. So, that's uh, just one example of how easy it is to make syrups and to change a cocktail or to explore something different in a template that maybe that you're already using, Harkening back to last week's episode when you're using a template and now you're starting to kind of, you know, diverge from that template. Well, one way to do that is to change up the syrup if your uh, template involves one. And so, so that is my tip of the day. Explore the world
1: of syrups. Indeed. I, I agree. This is absolu- absolutely a great tip to pair with, with last week's tip. This is this is one of the ways where you can add or change uh, to your cocktail simply by taking a, a, a syrup that was maybe like a simple syrup or Demerara syrup and changing it to a fruit syrup. And uh, yeah, syrups are, are fun. You know, uh, they can be used in a variety of ways. You know, think outside of the kitchen even. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think I think. Well, and
0: actually, one one uh, thing that I've actually done to the strawberry syrup is I turned it into a shrub or a drinking vinegar, which I'll talk more about when I get to my cocktail. But uh, you know, that's just taking the strawberry syrup that mm-hmm. I made and adding some vinegar to it—champagne uh, vinegar in in this case, uh, which which is uh, a
1: delightful change on even changing up the syrups. I have just one note to add. Um, this show yep. is not sponsored, nor are we are in are we in any way affiliated with the brand Tupperware, which, uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, was an old. Uh, uh, they were plastic containers that you had like sealing top and they had a sales model, right? Where normal people could sell it. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know what Tupperware- Your parents <laughs>
0: still have them in their, right, in their cupboards right, at home. Right, right. You're going to see- Those these- things lasted forever yeah. if you didn't lose the lid. Yeah. And, uh, and then you even, you, you did something like called burping your Tupperware, Tupperware. There was like, you know, getting the air pressing down and yeah. So like, but it was the gold standard of resealable containers. I'm going to argue that like using the term Tupperware is kind of like using the word Kleenex. Right. You know, like you just it's everybody knows what you're talking about, even though it's a brand name. Right. So.
1: Right. Well, Tupperware is, you know, it's going out of business. They're dying. They're, they're, I, I, oh, think, well, I think they're nearly yeah. dead. So, you know, here's here's to them. Uh, cheers. Cheers. All right, Matthew. Well, on that note, I think it's time for you to tell us about your shrubbery or something. <laughs> My shrubbery. All right. So, uh,
0: yeah, today I am bringing to the show an original cocktail and this cocktail was inspired by summer. So I am calling it the summer days. And originally I spelled it D-A-Y-S and then I'm like, well, that's no fun. So I changed it to D-A-Z-E. So that is, uh, the name of the cocktail is called a summer days. It has two ounces of gin. And I think the more floral, the better. So not a dry gin, London Dry, or anything. Go with something that's like your local kind of fun uh, gin. Oh, yes, an Icelandic, you know, gin might even go well there. Uh, but be adventurous with your gin. Uh, then a half ounce of Amaro Nonino. One ounce of strawberry shrub, which in my case was one, I, I basically did one part of the strawberry syrup that I described earlier, and I did half part of champagne vinegar. And what that does, it creates this kind of tangy, sweet uh, uh, substance that uh, really, you know, adds a little bit of zip to your cocktail. And then there's an ounce of lemon juice and three dashes of lavender bitters and an egg white. And you add all that into a cocktail shaker without ice and you dry shake that for a good, you know, 10 to 12 seconds vigorously. And then you're going to add ice and do it again Uh, and then double strain it into a chilled coupe glass. And I have garnished it with a strawberry and a sprig of mint. And uh, so this kind of has a sour uh, template, you know, and it definitely has a more sour profile. The marrow and the strawberry syrup do provide a little bit of balance, but this is definitely kind of putting more on the sour side than the sweet side. Uh, but it is it is uh, also very refreshing. Uh, the mouthfeel from the egg is really nice. Even the mint, you know, when because it's you know sitting on top of the drink when you when you pull a drink, it provides this kind of floralness to the drink that wasn't there, and you can even taste the lavender part of it as kind of on the aftermath with with that tanginess from the vinegar. And uh, so I, I you know, I'm always wondering when I'm playing around with cocktails if it's a finished product. Uh, you know, and I'm certain that I could probably play around with the type of Amaro, for example, because I really wanted an Amaro to provide the sweetness. And there are a couple others, like maybe like Benedictine or, uh, or Averna or something like that that has sweetness to it that could be. Uh, another thing that I played around, I was thinking about doing was maybe substituting in elderflower liqueur uh, instead of an Amaro. But, you know, I, I'm happy with the way this turned out. And and if you like kind of these bright gin forward cocktails uh, with a little bit of, of tartness to it, this would be a good cocktail to try. So that's what I'm drinking today, Ben. The
1: summer days. I really like this cocktail. This sounds this sounds really cool. I I, I mean I, I like the idea of of adding the shrub. Um, I do have two questions. One is related to the shrub, but the other one is about this amaro. Now, in the in the recipe, you say amaro nonino. Does that mean yeah. amaro nonino quintessentia? <laughs>
0: quintessentia?
1: It does. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. It, it does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying, right. you know, because we need to add that quintessentia yeah. to Quintessentia. Be, uh, hundred... Quintessentia. Right. So this is Just not so we can say this it. is not a nonino amaro person. it it is, but it is specifically amaro nonino quintessentia quintessential okay cool. yes uh, Matthew how do you make a shrub so there are
0: there are some very uh, complex ways and then there are easy ways and I admit that I chose the easiest way of all is I just combined an established syrup with uh, with some champagne vinegar and stirred it. And created a shrub. Uh, There are types where you boil them on, you know, and you're infusing things and you're boiling them or bringing them to a, a, you know, almost to a boil and you're letting them steep and all that. I did not do any of that. Uh, So I just, you know, made it very simple. Just the one part of the strawberry uh, syrup
1: that I made and then half part of the champagne uh, vinegar. Well, I mean, shrubs are a popular a popular beverage in and of themselves, right? As mm-hmm. I have it, as I as I've heard from from younger generations, uh, you can drink this stuff, and it like I don't know, it's good for your gut biome. Matthew, Something have like you heard that. this thing yep. about your gut biome and how I've heard bi- yes
0: that you just, you need some things in there to kind of yeah
1: yeah because you got yeah. brain cells down there and like your gut's your second brain. And, oh. and, and the shrubs, I don't know, Matthew, I'm just throwing things I've heard from millennials all together and <laughs> acting like I know something. Um, heck, I might even heard this from Gen Z. I don't know. Those kids are adults now. Can you believe it? They are. They are. They are. Uh, no, I mean, this sounds like a very lovely, I really like the addition of the, the lavender bitters. Uh, did you purchase these somewhere? And like,
0: yeah, they're, um, yeah, I did. I've had them in my bar for a while, so I don't really recall hmm. uh, why, where I got them or why, but I do have lavender bitters.
1: Man, because I think, again, like going back to last week's tip, uh, this is, again, bitters is a really cool place to go to go um, hmm. modifying your cocktails. And, you know, you, you called this out as a summer cocktail, summer days. And I like that you changed it to d a d z e. you know, because, you know, you should have two and get a little dazed. Um, right. but, but yeah, I mean, a lavender bitters is a great way to take any sort of, I think, light profile cocktail, maybe like a, you know, a gin based or a vodka based cocktail, uh, and, um, and just, and, and swap out or even just add lavender bitters to it. And I think you're going to get a very, like a very summery kind of feel. It's a great way to add a little bit of the season to your cocktail in a very easy and straightforward way.
0: Yeah. And and it's funny you mention that because I've, you know, I've tested this out a couple times during the week. And originally I went with Angostura Mm -hmm. and then I tried Mm Peshads, and both gave very different. Uh, you know, different flavor profiles that uh, wasn't the bright summery kind of thing that I was going for. And so then I was going to thinking of orange bitters uh, because that's the next one that everybody kind of jumps at. But then I realized that I had lavender bitters and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try that. And what I loved about it is that you could just, you know, lavender has a very distinct Mm -hmm. kind of flavor
1: and you could just taste that on the back end of it. It's really nice. Right. But it's a very floral flavor. Yes, right, exactly, um, yep. and it is not going to be as strong as something like an aromatic bitters, like like uh, angostura and Peixades. although uh, Peixades, I would consider, you know, it, you, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you you started out really heavy with angostura, and then and then kind of went lighter and lighter down the bitters until you found the right yep. the right match. Well, that's very lovely, Matthew. Thank you. Nice, a nice so Ben. What what they drinking? What then? they drinking? Ah, today, Matthew, I am presenting a a cocktail inspired by uh, the land of ice, Iceland. Uh, I once again have returned with with Icelandic uh, liqueurs. I brought one back for you, but anyway, Matthew, I brought back a gin called Wild Pink Gin. And it is a pink berry-infused gin that has a very uh, blueberry-like flavor to it. And for the show, Matthew, I have made myself a gin and tonic with this gin. I took two ounces of wild pink gin from Iceland. I took half of a lime shell and uh, half of a lime, and then I squeezed that into... um, a Collins glass full with ice I added the two ounces of gin and then I topped that off with fever tree uh, Indian uh, tonic and uh, and it creates a very berry um, um, like a not a very berry but it, it creates a very refreshing and but slightly berry uh, gin and tonic which is which is very refreshing right this is this I really, really like this as compared to say doing a gin and tonic with a, a London dry gin, which I also love, but that can be very heavy, right? Yeah. Like I really like yeah. to have that kind of gin and tonic uh, in a small rocks glass with with a lime wedge that I squeeze in myself and I sit at the bar and I lean over it, you know, and I look old you yeah, know you're brooding. yeah i'm brooding i'm brooding over it right yes. you know i really try to accentuate my gray beard i kind of jut uh-huh. my chin out and i it's a sophisticated it's a sophisticated man's drink it's a it's a middle-aged man's drink and that's that's something to be proud of right you, you you've got a lot of you know experience and you're just you're just running over that experience in your mind as you're as you're sipping on that cocktail this is not that this is instead a very light and refreshing gin and tonic, um, not not overwhelming with the juniper, and instead the botanicals are very uh, understated, and you have this bright fruity flavor to it, which creates just a really refreshing cocktail that that almost feels like like something other than a standard gin and tonic. Um, and simply by changing out the gin, you know, again a yeah. reference to last week's. Uh, a point about a template and making modifications to it. So that's the cocktail that I'm drinking today. It is a, I'm, what I'm calling, calling a wild pink uh, gin and tonic. Now, why am I calling it a wild pink gin and tonic? Well, there's two reasons. I did some research because I realized that most of the people listening to this show, they're not going to have access to this particular uh, gin, which is by Og Natura, by the way, from Iceland. Because it's not readily available um, in many places. And you might be able to track it down in the United States. I'm pretty sure they do import it. But you're not going to find it just on your average shelf. So I did a little bit of research and I thought, okay, well, what else can I do um, to to uh, give something to the listeners that they, they could make themselves? And as I was doing research, Matthew, I discovered something called a pink gin and tonic. And uh, and the pink gin and tonic is actually just a standard gin and tonic, but you add um, a healthy dose of Angostura bitters to the cocktail, and it gives it this kind of ruddy uh, pink hue. I-, I made one of those as well, and um, and it's nothing like what I'm drinking now, <laughs> but it is it is a very very good twist on on the gin and tonic. Uh, so, if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something to to put a spin on on this particular template, either because you're bored of it or maybe you don't like it very much, but you you want to try something that 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 um, that maybe you'll like a little bit better, uh, I would encourage you to give the pink gin and tonic a try. So it's it's really just again the same recipe and whatever ratio that you want for the tonic, uh, two ounces of gin. Um, Uh, A quarter ounce of lime juice officially, uh, or, you know, you can just squeeze in half a lime, as I did. Uh, And then five dashes of Angostura bitters, and you will be drinking a pink gin and tonic. Um, You can also buy both gin that is uh, pre-mixed with an aromatic bitters called pink gin. Not wild pink gin like the one I'm drinking, but it's just called pink gin. Or you can find tonic water that has pre-mixed in aromatic bitters uh, for this. But I would say, why do either of those things? Just add the bitters. That's right. Just add the bitters yourself uh, because then you can control how much flavor it is. And then you don't have an extra bottle in your bar hearkening back to a tip that we did like, what, two or three (laughs) weeks ago. Right? Because you don't want to have that in your bar. So, yeah, just mix your own. Uh, But anyway, I I do like both of these cocktails very much. I'm going to drink this one probably pretty quickly, this pink gin, and uh, this wild pink gin, and then revert to uh, the pink gin and tonics uh, once this is all gone. So there you have it, Matthew. I present the wild pink and the pink gin and tonics. Gins and tonics. Gins and tonics? Gin and tonics? I I thought it would be the wild pink and then the domesticated. (laughs) The domesticated pink. I like that. I like that. The wild pink and the domesticated pink. Gins and tonics. Because I decided that's the official plural. (laughs) Plural The plural of gin and tonic is gins and tonics.
0: (laughs) Well, in this case, it's true because there's two different types of gins. (laughs) That
1: that is true. That is true. Uh, Okay. Well, folks, there you have it. The summer days and the wild pink gin and tonic and the pink gin and tonic. And now it's time for us to wrap up the show. Which means. Now. What?
0: Are we. Are we. Are we. Are we using ChatGPT to bring us out again? Because last time was quite interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, I've made some modifications to my uh, prompt. I don't know if you know this, Matthew, but the, 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 the skill you now have to learn about using AI these days, or at least large language model AIs, is mastering the prompt. Be very specific. You have to be good at your prompt engineering. That is correct. You gotta be you gotta be more specific. So this time I told it, you know, hey, let's not do the back and forth. This is just a solo script that Ben is is reading. Uh so so here we go. All right. Let's hear it all right. Background music slowly fading in. It says chat GPT. (laughs) Okay, so Matthew you're gonna have to add some background music, I guess. (laughs) right, I'll see what I can do. Sweet. That's the last sip, folks, on this episode of Your Podcast Name. As always, your irrepressible cocktail wizard has been weaving spells with spirits, turning simple ingredients into magical potions that tantalize the taste buds and stir the soul. Today, we ventured into the intoxicating realms of taste and aroma, exploring cocktails that not just quench your thirst, but narrate a story with every sip. From the heady allure of our bourbon masterpiece to the refreshing zing of our citrus surprise. It's been nothing short of a mixology marathon. Now, I bet my shaker that some of you are ready to don your wizard hats and try these enchanting elixirs at home. And I can't wait to see your creations. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and yes, even Mastodon at your podcast name and share that would be
0: giant cocktails
1: shell your spellbinding cocktails with us remember cocktail making is not just about the ingredients it's about the magic you infuse with your creativity and your tip and our tips every shake every stir and every pour brings you one step closer to concocting your own magical brew if you're finding value in our cocktail adventures and wizardy trips wizardy wizardry tips don't let it be a secret share our podcast with your friends and fellow cocktail enthusiasts and if you could spare a moment to rate and review us on apple podcasts it would be magical your feedback helps us cast our spell further and wider reaching more people in this wonderful world of our cocktails so until next time keep your wizard's hat on and your spirits high This is your irrepressible host and cocktail wizard, your name, signing off from your (laughs) podcast name. Cheers to tasty potions, delightful spells, and memorable nights. Background music increases and fades out.
0: Wow. Well... ChatGPT is pretty verbose. It is, man. I, uh, I don't know. Uh. We're
1: gonna have to maybe uh, we're gonna have to maybe tone it down next time. But uh, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. Mean, you took up half the half, half the, the podcast, podcast with that. It. Well, you usually take up half the podcast with the opening one, so you know you started it. <laughs> uh, I will say this: I got to work on my engineering prompts because it's still getting the generic names in there. I got to specifically tell it to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's it, Matthew. Um, it's been wonderful sharing your cocktails with you. Cheers, my friend.
0: Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.